It's the fourth and final hour of First Up here for this Tuesday morning. Karolnik and Koliakovo with you. We've got Wake Up Woodbridge in just a moment. We'll uh, open up the phone lines. I think there still is one line open, so give us a ring. 416-870-1050. We asked the question earlier following my encounter with a gentleman who referred to me as a sports thought leader, and we asked the question to our audience, am I a sports thought leader? And the answer was a resounding no. 87% says no. What does so, that even mean? I don't know. Thought leader? You know, like I lead some ideas and thoughts in well, the You're in definitely sports. not cheese. So, <laughs> cheese, cheese should have that lady. Cheese is a sports thought leader. Oh, and she's walking in with our breakfast burritos right now. We've got Bang! a lot of excitement. <laughs> We've got a lot of excitement here in the TSN 1050 HQs. And we're going to continue it with Wake Up Woodbridge. Time to make the call. Now, what's this number? Who making this call? I don't know what's this number. What is this number? Wake up, Woodbridge. Buongiorno. Wake up, Woodbridge. That's right. So wake me up, wake I've been wondering what the tone, the tenor of Wake Up, Woodbridge would be today following an embarrassing loss to the Chicago Blackhawks. Let's be honest here. I mean... Chicago's terrible. One of the worst teams in the NHL. Might have the worst record when it's all said and done. The Leafs shouldn't be losing to them, but you know that's what the Leafs do. I think if we did wake up Woodbridge on Saturday morning, Coco, yeah. following the O'Reilly trade, it would be a lot different. But we're going to find out. And why don't we start on line one with our guy, Frank from Markham. Frank, take it away. Good morning, gentlemen. What's up, Frankie? <sighs> what a weekend, eh? <laughs> Tell me about it. Wow. Um... You, you can't complain about this trade if you're uh, if you're a diehard here like myself, Carlo. Um, you can't. Like you got Ryan O'Reilly and Achari for basically a, a late first round pick and a bunch of uh, scratch tickets. You know we gave up nothing outside of again that first round pick. If it hits, it's about four years away. We got a guy now who can match up against the other team's best line in O'Reilly, who steps up his game. We got a grinder, which we needed desperately on the third or fourth line in Achari, who can fight, who's physical. You know, this was a perfect, perfect trade. And obviously, we need the first round win for this to be a success. And listening uh, to the, your prior guests, uh, you know, maybe there's some contract talks that are going to be held off until after the season. Like, if we can lock up O'Reilly. Um, for future years at a decent number to replace Kerfoot and Engvall. It's like it is a monster win of a trade. And all in more, the, to go in now to finish this off, we need a solid defenseman. I don't know how they're going to do it. Maybe they're not going to be able to. But if we can, because, Aaron, to go off your last point here against the Chicago Blackhawks, I'm sorry, guys. I'm not a big Riley fan, never have. We cannot have him and Hall pairing up with each other, defending against anybody that's good on Tampa Bay. Can't have it. Can't have it, won't have it, we won't succeed. We need them to be moved down into the lineup. We just need it to happen, boys. Outside of that, what a fantastic weekend for Lee fans. Frank, thank you for the call. So I think what Frank is speaking to with regards to the D is a similar refrain that a lot of Leafs fans have. And to be honest, I think it's something that the Toronto Maple Leafs themselves are looking at very seriously as well because of the way they orchestrated the O'Reilly trade and the amount of salary that was retained by St. Louis and by Minnesota as well. So you're talking about O'Reilly making 1.8. 
you're lending yourself to a number of different options as far as improving your blue line. And when you look at Toronto's blue line this year versus Toronto's blue line last year against Tampa, I think it's fair to say last year's was superior. But I think the least forward group this year is definitely superior to what it was last year. Say what you will about the goaltending, but if you kind of look at the team year over year, think you probably need some more depth in the back end, and I would be stunned, honestly, if the Leafs didn't pick up somebody. I'm not saying they're going out and trading for Gavrikov or or one of the top guys, but would I be surprised if they traded for Luke Shen? No, not at all. I think that would make a lot of sense, and I, and I think there will be something coming in the next 10 days on that front. I, I would love for Luke Shen to be a member of the Maple Leafs. All, all of your I favorite think. guys, O'Reilly, Shen, Delzato yeah. well, comes he, over, like, just, everybody. You know, <laughs> like, look, I just, you know, just talking to Luke and, and his brother personally, I know Luke would welcome coming back to Toronto with wide open arms. And this is a guy that, you know, you know what you're going to get. I mean, is he a guy that's going to be a top pairing guy? No, but he's going to gel right in because he's going to do whatever you ask him to do in the, in the group of six that he'll be in. And he'll, he'll bring something different to this group. He'll bring passion. He'll bring energy. He'll bring physicality. I mean, this guy can chip in on offense every once in a while. And he's a guy that, remember, started his career here. So I you w- would definitely embrace everything that it has to offer and and the best thing about Luke Shen is he's cheap right well, i know i know salary i know wise, but salary wise, what does he cost you what does he cost you a third round pick to bring in I Luke think, Shen i i think they're looking for a second round pick for him but it all depends on supply and demand right who's in the market and and i would imagine vancouver knows that after gavrikov and maybe chickerin or or klingberg he he's probably the best value that that the the, the defense market represents. Nah, because who needs of, draft picks anyways? Right, Fan, exactly. Flags fly forever. That's what they say, Coco. Uh, that's exactly. what they say. Uh, let's go to line four, Chris in Brooklyn. What's up, Chris? Hey, morning, gentlemen. Morning, Coco. Nice to hear you guys again. What's going on, buddy? Great to hear from you. How are you feeling this morning about the Leafs following the weekend that was? Well, listen, like outside of the Chicago results. I mean, it's a back-to-back, it's a late-night travel, a lot happening in the 24 hours that preceded it with the trade. I wanted to get your take a little bit differently on the trade. From a hockey perspective, the trade is amazing. O'Reilly gives you so much depth down the middle, and it allows Sheldon Keith incredible lineup flexibility when he wants to get Tampa Bay's you know, best players away from Matthews, Nylander, Marner, and Tavares. Like, and I agree with the first caller on the D, but what I really wanted to ask you guys is, I know Dubis's contract is up, and I understand there's been a couple of moves over his tenure where, you know, you might have questioned why he picked up certain players, but honestly, if you're being objective, and it's hard when you're a Leafs fan to be objective, he has rebuilt this roster four years in a row to make them a contender to go deep into the playoffs. And, Coco, you've heard me before on this radio station say this. It is on the players to figure out the mental hurdle to get past this first round because Keith has been given the lineup. I think he's an excellent coach. But these players, they have to get over that psychological barrier and I, I honestly believe if they get past the first round, they could go deep. And I know Boston is a really good team, but something just tells me a first round win could just be the key to unlocking the potential for this lineup. 
Chris, I couldn't agree with you more, and I think a lot of people would agree with you too that, you know, people ask me all the time, what's the biggest hurdle that this Maple Leafs needs to get over come playoff time? And I said themselves. You know, ultimately, at the end of the day, the biggest, the toughest opponent they're going to face is the pressure that they have to overcome in the biggest moments. I think Boston probably pretty tough, too. (laughs) No, but look, at the end of the day, in a seven-game series, as good as they are, you any series you walk into, you're going to feel confident knowing that you could beat them. But it's the pressures right now. That, you know, every year, like even last year, they had a great regular season. They get into the first round of the playoffs. They blow out Tampa in the first game. Everyone says, okay, looks like they got over the hump. And then in game six and game seven, the pressures of those moments, they're not able to overcome them. Ultimately, that's where this team is going to be judged. That's where this group of players is going to feel the most amount of pressure, knowing that if they don't, you know, uh, get a different result, it's going to be the same thing said about them again. And I'm telling you right now, it doesn't feel like pressure now. But once that first game of the series starts, you get a win, you get a loss, that's when the pressure starts to mount because there's so much on the line. There's so much on the line. And as Chris mentioned, Kyle Dubas, his contract up at the end of the year. And, I mean, I think everyone would be surprised if Dubas was back if they don't get past the first round. I think that's... The measuring stick, that's the tipping point for the Leafs. And that trade that he made on Friday night, I mean, that's an all-in move. That's a significant yep. parting of assets. That's the move that he made. It could be Kyle Dubas's signature move, or you know, if it doesn't work out, it could be the one that ultimately leads him out of Toronto. And, 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 and let's be honest, AK. We've, we've sat here, we've criticized management, we've criticized coaches. We've also complimented them, too. And I think... If you look at the whole picture, the job that Kyle Dubas has done with this team year after year, changing as many pieces that he's, as he has to to still keep them in the top five of the league, he deserves a ton of credit for that. Now, at the end of the day, he deserves a ton of credit, too, with some of the moves he's done, he's made in season to help improve this team, especially at the trade deadline. He can't put the skates on. He can't put the equipment on. He can't go score the goals. That's up to the players to go up and do it. And I totally agree with Chris. This is all going to come down to the players because you know how I feel about Sheldon Keefe. I, I believe he's a great coach. I think Kyle Dubas has done a great job. And he's also changed a little bit of his philosophy with the way he's he thought he could initially build a team. So you got to give him credit for doing that. Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm not trading uh, first-round picks for, for rentals. Oh, wait. Yes, I am. Although O'Reilly, as we talked about with Andy Strickland, could be someone the Leafs could look to lock up longer term. Line two, Ben in the beaches. Good morning. Good morning. How we doing, fellas? We're good, Ben. What's on your mind this morning? couple things. Um, in terms of the Achari-O'Reilly trade, I mean, everything's already been said so far. Um, phenomenal hockey players, phenomenal guys in the room, on the ice. Um, I would be shocked if O'Reilly doesn't come back beyond the playoff run. Um, but I did want to touch upon the decor, and I know someone, one of the earlier callers said they want to add. Curious on your thoughts. I know you guys mentioned Luke Shen. I think he'd be a great fit as well. I'd be shocked if he actually doesn't end up back in Tampa just from winning the Cups and the familiarity there. Curious on your thoughts on a guy like Mayfield. Um, the Islanders oh my just God. Bars out. Go ahead, sorry. I was going to say, oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Mayfield, yeah. sign me up. 100%. Yeah, under 1.5, right-handed shot. Um, it'll be interesting what they do with Hull. And uh, I know there's been talks about potentially moving on from Sandine. Um, but just wanted your guys' thoughts on 
a guy like Mayfield, just because I think from he fits a lot of uh, areas that they could use help on in the back, right-handed shot, eats pills, kills penalties, hard to play against. Yeah. Um, and especially with the Islanders losing Barzal, I mean, they've got to be really questioning what they're doing going forward here. Well, Ben, appreciate the call. Um, look, you, you bring up a, a very interesting name, and I think he would be very high on a lot of people's wish lists if he became available. I just don't know if the Islanders would make him available. Right now, the Islanders, they currently sit in the first wild card spot in the playoffs at 65 points. They made the big move to acquire Horvat. You can tell with that move for Horvat, it was Lou's last shot at, at trying to get this team back into the playoffs and seeing what type of result they can get in the playoffs. I don't think they have any interest in moving a guy like Scott Mayfield because you're basically moving out a piece to fill a piece. Uh, I don't know how they're going to do that. So unless the Islanders completely fall off the rails, I mean, you talked about the Barzell injury. I think Lou might actually entertain the cap space that he's that he's been that he's been given right now with that uh, with that move and actually go out and try to improve this team even more. I don't see the, the Islanders being sellers in, in in this situation. Jonas Siegel in his column in the Athletic yesterday compared the Maple Leafs D from Game Seven last year against Tampa Bay to the Maple Leafs D today. And if you recall, Coco, the first pair, I guess you could look at it that way, was Riley and Labushkin. Then you had Muzzin and Brody in your shutdown pair, and your third pair was Giordano and Justin Hall. This year you have Riley and Brody, Giordano and Lilligren, and Sandine and Hall. That's at least the most recent iteration of the Maple Leafs D pair. So what you're lacking pretty clearly is that Muzzin-Brody shutdown pair. Like, I don't know who the Leafs would utilize against Kucherov and Point and Brandon Hagel, the top line mm-hmm. for Tampa. That would be a question that I think they're probably wrestling with as well. Like, are you going to have Mark Giordano up against that line alongside Lilligren? Like, I don't see that happening. Like, is, yeah. can Riley and Brody... Like, is Morgan Riley capable of that type of task defensively? Great offensive player, but that's a tall task for any defenseman, especially one uh, who's not necessarily suited for that role in Morgan Riley. So, I mean, I think you could also look at the O'Reilly trade and Achari, of course. Great move, but is that the proper allocation of your assets? If they're unable to bring in someone who could potentially play in a role like the one we're talking about on the back end. That, that is the only way I look at this O'Reilly trade in a negative light is if they're if they're rolling into the playoffs with their current defensive group, is that good enough against Tampa? Because I think their forward group with or without O'Reilly was good enough. Of course, making O'Reilly or putting O'Reilly in your top six, you're gonna have a better team. That goes without saying in Nolachari on the fourth line. But is their D right now good enough? And I think it's a fair question, and I don't know the answer. Well, look. Your D is always good when you get great goaltending, and just like we saw when they had to hold fort when they playing without three of their best defensemen, when the when the forwards buy into playing more of a defensive game. And I think if you add in the All Star break, the the bye week break, and the, the the games that they've had to play coming out of that, the Maple Leafs haven't had much practice time. Especially much practice time with, you know, Matt Murray as their as their goalie, as an everyday goalie, and even with, you know, uh, the new acquisitions, Ryan O'Reilly and Achari. In fact, I don't think they've practiced at all because yesterday was an off day for them. So, 
in saying that, I, I don't expect the, the, the Maple Leafs to be in the market for a big-name type defenseman. I mean, if there's one guy that I would focus on as a big-name guy, if you're committed to go all-in like you, like you have shown with this recent move, then go all-in. Go out and try to get Jacob Chikrin. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, what's we know what Jacob Chikrin's going to cost. He's going to cost a first-round pick. He's going to cost maybe another first-round pick or a, a first-round pick of a prospect, and that could be Sandine. And you you find another way to make it work. I mean, the, the thing about Chikrin is is you're not getting him for this year. You're getting him for another two more That's after true. this. So, I mean... If you're serious about going all in, then go all in and 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 get the best piece out there on defense. Because to me, he is the best piece out there in defense. I, I wouldn't waste my time with a Gavrikov. I'm not as high as most people project him to be. And the thing about improving the defense, I mean, you can just go through the teams that are probably looked as as sellers. St. Louis. I mean, you bring in a Robert Bertuzzo, maybe. I mean, I think they're done dealing with St. Louis considering the move they just made. I don't know what type of defenseman's available in Arizona unless you're 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 focused in on a on a Chikrin. Or like a Gostas Bear, but Gostas Bear doesn't make sense for the Leafs. He's a power no. play guy. No, you, you want you want a tough, much. rugged, physical defenseman. Right. Like like you look at the, the top pair for Tampa right now with Eric Chernak out. You know who's playing with Victor Hedman? Zach Bogosian, who we right. know here from Toronto. And right. that's my guess as to what they're going out and acquiring. Someone who could who could play 15, 16 minutes for you, some physicality on the back end, and at least give you a different look with regards to your pairs, because you're probably going to have Sandine and Lilligren in there in your top six, and those are not physical defensemen. They're both having really good seasons, and they're progressing, and I think they've both taken significant steps, but, you know, Tampa is a different beast here. You, you need some... You need some oomph on that back end. I think that's what they're going to target leading up to the deadline. So, again, you, you look at the teams that are considered sellers. I, I would say Philadelphia's considered a seller. Do you look at maybe a Justin Braun on that team who's a right-handed shot defenseman, has a ton of experience playing in the playoffs, can bring more of a physical you know, brand to your back end, not being looked as a top-pair guy, but, again, a middle six guy in that lineup will come cheap, I mean, do, do they go back to Buffalo and see what it costs to get Labushkin back, even though he's oh, got another year in his you contract? You can get your jersey out of the closet. Uh, right, exactly. <laughs> so, but, you know, any, it's, it's, it's I mean, a, a, ver, a team I'm going to be very interested to follow here over the next week or two are the Pittsburgh Penguins. Because just like I said over a month ago, a team that I'd be interested to follow is the St. Louis Blues, because if they fall out of it, they've got some great pieces that they could sell off. If the Pittsburgh right now, they're sitting one point out of the wild card spot, and there's a ton of teams behind them that have games in hand on them, and they're three, they're four, five, and one in their last ten games. They've lost three in a row. It's hard to think of a team that has Latang, Crosby, and Malkin to go into sell mode. But if they go into sell mode, they've got some nice pieces there that teams would want. There's no way Pittsburgh's going into sell mode. I mean, so, the, the, the teams in front of them are the Islanders and the Panthers, and they have four games in hand on both of those teams to the Pittsburgh Penguins. I think they're going to be just fine, but they're going to be buyers. They always are, as they should yeah. be. They have Crosby and Malkin. They should be with yeah, Crosby and exactly. Malkin. Exactly. I mean, and Latang. Those guys are all. A you know, Washington's plus. another team. You know, what do they do? That's a, that's know, in a, a couple d- weeks. Dmitry Orlov is a guy that I think Jonas. Uh, Pick pointed out in his column as a guy who could do a 
reasonable impression of Jake Muzzin. And I think replacing that role come playoff time is going to be very important. And that's something that's going to be felt by the Leafs unless they're able to pick somebody up. So we've got Marty Biron in about 10 minutes' time, a TSN hockey analyst live from Buffalo. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on the O'Reilly deal and look at to the Leafs and the Sabres coming up tonight. More First Up, Hour 4 continues after this. We are giving away Raptors tickets here on First Up every week, all season long. Listen to our podcast on Thursday for an hourly clue to the identity of a mystery Toronto Raptor player. Once you know who the player is, you'll have until the end of the day to enter at tsn1050.ca. You can win a pair of tickets to see the Raps and the Bulls on February 28th. DeMar DeRozan's return to Toronto and Coco. Get this, this week only to celebrate the new Siakam Swirl McFlurry. Mmm, tasty. McDonald's really? is throwing in a $100 gift card and signed Raptors merch. <laughs> I gotta Love read that. this. Here we go. Made with creamy vanilla, soft serve, decadent, hot fudge, and crushed red Smarties. Inspired Sounds by so Siakam's signature spin move and the Raptors team colors, the new McFlurry will be available at participating restaurants in Ontario, for a limited time, made with creamy vanilla soft serve. I like to read that in my sultry voice. That's what that is. Although many would say my voice, always sultry. You want to drop some kind of sound effect there, Chrissy? No? All right, good. No. Excellent. Yeah. Marty B. That sounds very delicious. I, I think they're dropping some off for us on Thursday. Are they? Yeah, I don't know how well the... Siakam swirl. I thought it was McFlurry. breakfast. They were they were dropping yeah, off. For us. I don't think I want a McFlurry at eleven in the morning. Really, but I mean, yeah. you know what? I'm always down for some McFlurries. I'm always especially down for... when it's going to be what snowy and minus fifteen outside. Yeah. It is free, so who might have complained? Who might have complained? Uh, Marty Biron on the other side. TSN hockey analyst. We get his thoughts on the O'Reilly deal. It's the Leafs and Sabers tonight as well. Huge game for Buffalo. Every game is huge for Buffalo with the race for the final wild card spots in the East. Heating up. Be wrong. Next on First Up. The Toronto Maple Leafs coming off a 5-3 loss on Sunday evening to the lowly Chicago Blackhawks, moving Toronto's record against bottom five teams in the National Hockey League to 4-4-2. And if you wonder how that... Well, if you wonder how... That uh, You might want to mute uh, your thing there, Coco. It's coming through, buddy. It's coming, it's coming through. There you go. Um, we've got Marty B. Raw on the line. I, I think a lot of people care about the Leafs' record against terrible teams because that could affect their playoff positioning, right? If you're on the road against Tampa versus at home against Tampa, that could make a difference. Let's bring him in. It is our hockey analyst, Marty B. Raw. What's going on? Not much. Just a beautiful you know, morning here going to the rink and... Uh... You know, I'm I'm kind of a, a sad and upset in a little bit because this is the only time the Leafs are coming in in Buffalo tonight, and we don't even get the ga- to do the game on MSG. It's an ESPN Hulu game, oh, so I'm brutal. not going to be working it. Although I'll be there, I'll be there watching and maybe having a couple beers with my friends. But I, I like to watch those because people like to watch them on MSG in Buffalo. That's a good point. That's a good point. Well, you'll be in for a dandy tonight. It's the new look Maple Leafs against the recently surging Toronto or Buffalo Sabers. I mean, there's got to be a lot of love and optimism right now around this team. And and Marty, before we get into the Maple Leafs, 
we've seen the Maple Leafs make a big move. It's it's close to trade deadline right now. The Buffalo Sabres right now find themselves only, was it, four points out of a playoff spot right now with six games in hand. I mean, do you expect the Buffalo Sabres to be busy come to play uh, trade deadline? What do you What do you think? I don't, uh, to be honest with you. Yeah, they're Boo. four points back of Florida with six games in hand. I think they're only three points back of Pittsburgh with a game in hand. So uh, if you look at point percentage, the Sabres are one of the you know wild card spots, but they've got so many games to make up. But no, I don't expect the Sabres, and I know you're booing me, and I. But Kevin Adams has said it many times, like he's not going to jeopardize the growth of the future of the franchise and, and the development of some of the young players just for a quick, you know, fix this year. And, you know, like, okay, could they add on defense? Yes. I think that would be a piece where you may want to add on defense. Uh, right now you've got your top four with Dallin, Yoki Aryu, Power, and Samuelson. That's not going anywhere. But... It'd be nice to add a piece to possibly play with Lebushkin. They've been rotating Bryson and Kel Clegg a little bit in there, uh, but that third pair plays 10, 12 minutes a night. Like you know, you're heavily relying on your top two pairs on defense. So if they did add, I think it would have to be on the back end. But up front, they're one of the best scoring team in the league. They were number one for a while, then they dropped to number three came back to the top five, but that's that's their identity. I don't think that you're going to change that or alter that by bringing anybody in. Like Timo Meyer. okay, that's great, but you're going to have to part ways with some of the prospects that you're developing that are in Buffalo right now. I don't think they want to do that. Well, Marty, when I talk about upgrades, um, yeah, I mean, Tebow Meyer would be an unbelievable piece, and I think the, the Sabres have done a great job stocking the cover full of prospects. But what did you think an upgrade and goal would do this team wonders, you know, in their playoff sort of run here that they see themselves could see themselves going on? You know, I was on WGR yesterday, and I was talking about the Sabres, and I basically said, like, they've Kevin Adams has done an amazing job you know, putting this team in the position that they're in, you know, four points out of a playoff spot right now with a ton of games in hand. And just if this team could find a way to make this playoffs, think how much of a boost that would create with this young group going into next season. Because as as much as you can compliment the season they've had so far this year, you don't know what next year is going to bring with the, the step or some of the things you may face or maybe some of the the steps that other teams may face that may, you know, help hurt you from, from making that jump in that hurdle. I just think you got to take advantage of the window when it's there, and I think if the Sabres can upgrade their goaltending, it gives them a better chance to do so. Well, I mean, there's a couple things there, Carlo. One, um, the top six in the East are all stud teams, right? So you look at New Jersey, Carolina, Rangers, Toronto, Tampa, Boston. Like, they're all stud teams. And then after that, there's a group that's battling for that wild card. The Sabres are technically in with point percentage. So they've done good enough this season, a bit surprising, I may say, to be able to get in that picture with the goaltending that they've had. Lukanen, look, he's been good. Um, He's still young. There's still a lot to learn for him. 
I still am not sure if you're you got a number one goalie on your hand or if it's just an NHL, you know, journeyman backup or whatnot. Uh, but he's done good. Eric Comrie needs to play more, in my opinion. He's played three games since the injury and then him having a conditioning stint in Rochester, and he's won two of them. So, okay, well, I think you need to play Comrie more. And unfortunately, because they've got three goalies now, Craig Anderson, for me, would be the odd man out, although his numbers are the better numbers of all three of them, but he can't play consistently. Um, you know, they need to manage his, his recovery. He's 41 years old. Listen, I, I totally get it. I, I, I give him props for what he's been able God to do. God bless him. 41. Jeez. You, you, got, you got 28 games left in the season. You need to figure out who's your guy. And it's not going to be Craig Anderson because he's not going to go out and play 18 or 20 of them. So it's either Comrie or Lukanen. But when you look around the goalie market, Carlo, like, who's there that really is an upgrade? Who do you want to go and get? Well, Cor- Corpusalo, hey, Corpusalo can give you better goaltending than what you have right now. I mean, do they get it? I don't know it? about that. Corpusalo is doing it on a on a bad team in Columbus this year, facing forty six shots a night and great. But the guy's also been hurt a lot, and you're taking a chance. You you're taking a chance. I, I wouldn't want to take a chance on a James Reimer or Corpusalo. Uh, or even a Vimelka in Arizona. Like, Vimelka has had great numbers when you look at the, you know, goal save above expectation or whatever, but he's doing it with Arizona. Okay, how is this guy going to be in a 2-2 game when he faces 25, 30 shots as opposed to, you know, in a 4-1 loss when he's facing 47 shots? Like, that's the thing right now. I don't know that there's an upgrade out there that really, like, would make me want to jump on it. Our guest is Marty Biron, TSN hockey analyst, live from Buffalo, a city in which Ryan O'Reilly played three seasons in. And I'm curious to know your thoughts, Marty. We've been asking everybody, of course, you know, for the last three days here in Toronto, what is Ryan O'Reilly and, of course, Noel Achari as well? What does that mean for the Leafs? Like, how much better do you think Toronto is today as opposed to on Friday before they consummated the trade? Well, they're a lot deeper, that's for sure, and I think that helps the Maple Leafs. But I don't like, and and maybe that's going to change, but I would not play Ryan O'Reilly in my top six. I would have him as my third-line center. I would say, look, your job is basically to shut down the other team. We're going to start building this roster that is going to be a matchup nightmare, right, that we're going to focus on. If we have Omice advantage, we got four games at home where we can put Ryan O'Reilly and whatever line he's on against the other team's top line. And I think that's, that's important. I remember last year, uh, Anthony Sorelli, right? And, and then even Phil Deneau or whatnot. That was their role for a while with uh, the, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Montreal Canadiens of, of your shutdown guy. Um, so could that be what Ryan O'Reilly would be for the Toronto Maple Leafs? I think so. But I wouldn't play him on the top two lines. I don't think O'Reilly has the speed to uh, to keep pushing the pace with uh, you know with Marner and Elander and Matthews. I know Tavares doesn't have great speed, but I still think he's he's a value to the top six. I would put Ryan O'Reilly in the third line center position and uh, and really build my my depth of the team. Uh, we're talking to Marty Biron, TSN hockey analyst. Go ahead, Coco. 
Oh, I was going to say, I think ultimately that's where this whole situation might end up come playoff time. But for Sheldon Keefe, I think it's his right and his duty as a coach to experiment with him playing in the top six and see what he can get from those guys. And and I think this is a team, too, that's um, excited to welcome a, a, the prospect of, of Matthew Nyes to this group and, and see what he can do in the top six or maybe on a third-line role with O'Reilly come playoff time. But, Marty, you and I both know this is a luxury the Maple Leafs have, and they have a lot of time to figure this out. Yeah, no, they do have a lot of time to figure it out. Um and and I think the acquisition of Ryan O'Reilly and Nola Cherry uh, was a fantastic one. And it just, again, tells me that uh, this is important to be able to build a roster that's going to go and compete and win a first round at least. And then, you know, I, I mean, Boston is so strong, but you're making steps to even think, okay, how can we beat Boston? You know, they do have a Bergeron-type center in Boston, the Avis Sorelli type center with Tampa. We need that same type of center with the Leafs. So I think it's, uh, uh, I think it was a very, very smart move by Kyle Dubas and Brendan Shanahan to bring him along. Now, again, Carlo, you talk about goaltending when it comes to the Buffalo Sabres. I've been pleasantly surprised, uh, I would say, with Ilya Samsonov and, and what he's been able to do. Uh, but I think in the end, it's always going to be that. Like, you look at all Linus Olmark is doing in Boston. You look at Vasilevsky in Tampa. Can Samsonov, in the end, give you play that's close to, and I'm not saying you have to exceed what the other guys are doing, but close to what the other goaltenders that you're going to be competing against are going to do? And I think that's still a question mark. But, again, it comes down to I always thought the Leafs were going to be in the goalie market at the trade deadline. And I'm looking around the market at the trade deadline, and I'm like, eh, well, who who's better? To? Yeah, yeah, who's better, better that's there's out no, there? There's nobody. The only thing would be, okay, could you add some depth because of the Matt Murray situation? Uh, but that would be the only, only uh, option the Leafs would be presented with at the deadline when it comes to the crease. Yeah, and you know, there's talk like, oh, could they bring in Corpusalo? And I mean, Corpusalo has some experience, no doubt. He I guess, was a big part of the reason. Columbus beat the Leafs a couple of years ago in the playoffs, but I mean, Joseph Wall has been one of the best goalies in the AHL this year, so I don't know if it makes sense to trade more assets to bring in a guy who may never even play for you. Again, Marty Biron is our guest. Marty, I wanted to get your thoughts on what Ilya Samsonov was dealing with on Sunday night against the Chicago Blackhawks, and did not have his best performance, and you know, there could be a number of reasons for it. Maybe Patrick Kane would be number one. And number two, he was dealing with some stomach issues. We'll let you hit listen, and perhaps you might be able to relate to Ilya Samsonov. You were a little bit sick, I think, going into the break too, right? So was it the same thing or something? No, no, no. In this break, I got some cough. Uh, right. right now, like more stomach. Stomach and sick. Right. It's not, not great. Gotcha. <laughs> it's hard day. And it's yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, hard day on the toilet. As a former NHL goalie, Marty, I'm sure you can empathize. You know, when you have stomach issues, you're playing goal in the National Hockey League. Probably not two things that um, intertwine well. Am I correct? No, you're correct. And I'll give you maybe this is too much information uh, on a uh, Tuesday morning, but like it's the hardest thing in your goalie gear to have to go to the toilet. And, and I hated getting undressed, right? And, like, I hated getting undressed. I hated taking my gear off. And if you have to go, it is the hardest thing to do. 
having with all that gear on. So that's not fun. And then you put your gear back on and nothing feels comfortable and your stomach is gurgling. And funny enough, I still remember it was in 2008, right after Christmas, we played in Chicago, just like Ilya Samsonov just did in Chicago. And I had the worst stomach. And, and I was in the crease during the national anthem and like I felt like I was going to throw up and then I put my mask back on and I was like I can't put my mask back on I'm going to throw up and I'm looking at the bench and everybody's like let's go Marty come on let's go and I'm like okay I gotta give it a go here Uh, I played the game but it was one of those like where it's not the Michael Jordan like food poisoning flu game I've had that happen before where you don't feel good but you overcome that and you're like man I like I was lifted by something today. When you have that stomach kind of like you you're going to be on the bathroom or you're going to throw up, it just puts you in a, such a a tailspin and it's 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 not fun. It's unfortunate, but sometimes you got to battle through it. You battle through it. You you put it in the garbage, right? Literally, you put that whole game in the garbage and you move forward. Yeah, well, that's something that Koliakovo d- deals with every morning here on this radio show as well. So, you know, I've been yeah. worked with him for five years. Very similar stomach to, to Ilya Samsonov. I don't well, want to be used, wearing a diaper. I used to watch the guys in the locker room, like, I go into the bathroom in the first intermission or go into the bathroom in the second intermission, and I used to think, like, they're so lucky. All they have to do is... Drop your pants and they're done. Like the goalies, it's so much complicated. Yeah, and I remember Marty, like as a player, when I used to play. Everybody's played through it. I used to think to myself when I was having those days, I'm like, okay, just gut it out, but do yourself a favor. Don't put yourself in a position where you're just gonna get smoked with a hit because. Any hit, you're like thinking to yourself, (laughs) oh boy, this could be the end of it. Lost control. Isn't that? Isn't that a clip from Slapshot when he says you're going pee-pee and that's right. it's about the power play, but it's not? Like, that's, that's yeah, that's exactly yeah. that. Yeah, I can imagine, yeah. Marty. You have, like, Al McKinnis bearing down on you with a slap shot. You're not feeling well. You're like, oh, God, please yeah. miss the net, Al. Well, that, that, yes, that is like, please don't hit me. Usually you want the shot to hit you in the stomach, and then you can just, like, you know, no rebounds, you cover it. <laughs> You're like, please don't hit me in the stomach. That's not, yeah. not going to be good. It's right in the mask, please. Right <laughs> yeah. in the mask. Or right in my glove. Or in the glove, the blocker. Right the blocker please works, too. Knock me right out. Please, <laughs> please do it. Marty, always great to have you as part of our show this morning. In particular, it's the Leafs and the Sabres this evening from Buffalo. Enjoy the game. We'll catch up with you down the road. Absolutely. A big win tonight. Have fun, guys. All See right, you, pal. You Marty, be wrong. And to get From that Buffalo. in there, big win tonight. Is yeah. he talking about the Leafs or the Sabres? Yeah, probably the Leafs. Although Buffalo has been kind of a house of horrors for the Leafs. Well, I tell you what, AK, I talked about scheduled spots. Guess where the Buffalo Sabres just returned from? The West Coast? Is the first West, game back? First game right. back from the West Coast. We will keep so. that in mind. The Leafs minus 155 favorites on FanDuel. Speaking of FanDuel, I'll give you my best bets for tonight. Next. Okay, time now for today's Best Bets, brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Okay, so Tampa is a minus 520 favorite tonight 
hosting Anaheim. And I think that's honestly a fair price. Anaheim's terrible. And they allow so many shots on goal. So we're going to steer clear of the puck line for the Lightning, which is minus two and a half goals. And we're instead going to play some shot on goal props for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Let's go with Stamkos over three and a half and Brandon Hagel over two and a half as my two top plays. Elsewhere, I like Toronto over Buffalo. Two dueling bad schedule spots. You have Buffalo coming back from a West Coast trip, and you have Toronto playing their third game in four nights. Ultimately, I think the Maple Leafs have the advantage, and I imagine Ilya Samsonov's tummy is feeling a little bit better. Also on the Carolina Hurricanes, on the puck line, minus 137, hosting Ryan O'Reilly's former team in the St. Louis Blues. Today's best bets have been brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more and get your winnings fast when you download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. Coco, you and I have a recording of Dump and Chase in about 45 minutes' time, and then I'm heading over to the Golf Dome. Me and nice. the veterinarian, Frank Corrado, going to dial in our short games. I'm off to Vegas in 16 days for a golf trip, but who's counting? Who's counting for sure? 16 and- days. Let's and maybe, uh, hopefully, uh, Samsonov got some uh, ginger ale in yes. him, and a lot of ginger ale, because ginger ale always seems to be the remedy for me anytime <laughs> I get a stomach ache. Is so. that like a kind of a myth? Ginger ale is going to cure your tummy ache? And when you're a kid, everyone, your mom's like, all right, just drink ginger ale, you'll be fine. Yeah. Probably uh, is like the same as water, I right? I don't know what the myth <laughs> is behind it, but... It works for me. So if it works for me, maybe it'll, maybe work, for it'll work for you. Well said. Well said. <laughs> Thank you to Cheese. Thank you to 20 Fingers. Uh, I am Aaron Karolnik. You, of course, are Carlo Koliakovo. We'll be back and better than ever tomorrow morning, bright and early at 6 a.m. Ciao.